Hello, everyone, and welcome to GACC South Unplugged, a transatlantic talk with CEO Matthias Hoffman. I am Roger Manus, and this is the first ever podcast for the German-American Chamber of Commerce of the Southern U.S. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, Matthias. How are you? Hey, Roger. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm, I'm great. We are in your fantastic office space here in the Atlantic Station area of Atlanta, Georgia. Great view of Atlanta. Tell us a little bit about the chamber and what it is you guys do here. Yeah, Roger. Okay, thank you for, for joining us here and absolutely fantastic view. I'm sitting here with Lars Altmans, a board member of our chamber in our what we call Standkorp, kind of like the German cabana, right? And overlooking Midtown and downtown Atlanta. And we just moved here with the chamber like half a year ago, more or less. And as a chamber of commerce, we fulfill basically three functions, right? So we are a member organization. We care about all our members. We have 600 members, more or less, in our network. We're a service provider to companies from both sides of the Atlantic. And we are the official representative of German industry and trade. So doing some advocacy work there as well. Okay. And you introduced Lars. Hi, Lars. How are you? I'm doing excellent, Thank as we just learned. It's called Roger in German. Uh, that's Roger. That's Roger. All right. <laughs> I was looking for the translation of my own name. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. So now I know when you're speaking to me. Oh, oh you're talking to me. Okay. Uh, t- tell us about your business. What it is? What it is that you do, Lars? I am in the food and beverage industry. Have been in the industry for over 20 years. I recently started a new brand, and it is a beverage. It's called Up to Good Energy which is a sparkling energy pop. Okay. You and I were chatting briefly before the show. Um, I'm born and raised in the U.S., obviously, from my accent, and you guys are not. Um, pop is an interesting term in the United States. I'm from the Atlanta, Georgia area, world headquarters of Coca-Cola. So we refer to everything as a Coke. A soft drink is a Coke. Um, but I may go to the st- store and get a Sprite. But I'm gonna, But pop is a regional thing in this country for soft drinks. You actually knew where it was more Midwestern? Correct. Pop used to be the term for soda in the Midwest. Um, Soda is the general term that has been used in the West. And you're correct. In the heart here of Atlanta and in the the state of Coca-Cola, people call it here Coke. Pop becomes the new term for a healthy alternative soda. There are quite a few other brands out there who uh, started with that. They even have it in their brand names, an Olipop, a Poppy, a Culture Pop. And I certainly like to cap- capitalize also on that. So that's a trend with, with these healthier. And uh, I'm actually going to pop the top here. Uh, up there to you good. go. It's a pop. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, sparkling energy. This is lemon ginger. Let me, let me do the audio here for uh, our listeners. <laughs> that's a good pop. <laughs> that's a good pop. That's why it's called Up to Good. Oh, that's tasty. It is. That's tasty. And it's healthy? Uh, It is healthy, correct. It is full of antioxidants um, and also includes um, clean energy, which comes from the coffee fruit. Clean energy. Clean energy. Clean energy is a natural sourced caffeine. So... um, since it is in also, I'm, I'm combining two categories, beverage categories. One is the soda category, and the other one is the energy drink. And um, energy drinks, typically the mainstream energy drinks, and I don't need to call out those brand names. Everyone knows those. Right. Uh, they use synthetic energy, synthetic caffeine. And mine includes just the natural caffeine from the coffee fruit. 
And so how does your relationship with your business and, and being connected with the chamber here, how does that benefit you and working with Matthias? I have been with the, as a member, um, for almost 15 years. For 12 years, I've been involved also uh, on the board level. Um, and at that time, in the very first beginning, I worked for a German food manufacturer. I opened up the U.S. sales office here in Atlanta, um, built that business after a while um, when typically expats go back home to Germany or to another country, I decided to stay and um, started my first entrepreneurial way of uh, building an import and distribution company, which I did for a few years, sold my equity, and now launched this new brand. Um, so my connection to the chamber is certainly I am German. I will always be German. Um, I built up quite a bit of experience, certainly also in the um, retail landscape and food and beverage uh, landscape and try to also communicate that to hopefully uh, new members, new German companies who come over here to the U.S. And, and try to help them. So talk about the business relationship here, Matthias, with, with him. <clears throat> Right, so so the path that Lars was just describing is the usual thing that we do for German companies. We kind of provide a soft landing spot, you know. So a German company wants to set food in the U.S. market, you know. They don't know the market yet well enough, you know. So we have a lot of staff working on a consulting business, creating market studies, doing business researches, right, connecting uh, companies with certain partners, either through events, but also through other services that we provide. And, and in the end, you know, like we start even offering like office spots here, office and office solutions, etc., so that German companies can kind of start with a light investment without a lot of, you know, expenses and a lot of capital investment and then grow out of our little incubator space if you want to see it like that so so that's kind of how it started with Lars you know and then of course we're you know through our membership events through networking events uh, information sessions you know we, we kind of we stay close with the whole German community and we, we keep people like Lars in our community they help new companies new arrivers here to set food again and uh, yeah that's that's kind of the way how things go what what is your background? Basically, I I was kind of born into the German chamber system. So I started as an intern at the German Hellenic Chamber in Greece and worked my way up project management. You know, the, up to the to the director level in northern Greece. And at some point, uh, I I started looking. You know, like hey, how can I advance in my career? And you know, Atlanta fantastic footprint of German companies here. So I switched in August 2020 and came here. You said a fantastic footprint of German companies. Can you give me some examples? You know, as an Atlantan, I'm not as familiar with the with the German, but just like who are some of your members? Sure. I mean, once you once you come to Atlanta by airplane, right? You you might see Porsche just down at the airport. You have the Mercedes Benz USA headquarters here in Atlanta, but it's not just Atlanta. It's the whole South here. You know, so our our chamber covers basically the region from North Carolina down to Florida and the West, including Texas. So one thousand four hundred companies, German companies. Uh, settled here in the south that's a, a really big number you know it's kind of what we call the powerhouse of german manufacturing here in the south you know so we have around 600 members in our network a lot from the manufacturing sector in germany 
So, Lars, what are some of the challenges you have faced that were perhaps, I guess, where the chamber helped you out in, in you know, maybe opening some doors, things like that, especially since you've kind of gone out on your own here entrepreneurially? Well, the first year, certainly, there is a cultural difference in the business world, right? It's very easy for a German to come over to the U.S. and live here and be very well accepted by the people. Um, but to have a good understanding of how the business world works, um, it is good to build a network. And certainly coming to the first events, you get to know people who have been here at that time already for many years, who lived through the experience um, of um, getting to know a new business culture. And it's a fast track to, uh, to learn the U.S. way of doing business. What are some of the differences? The difference certainly is that the U.S. is far more service-oriented. Um, they look also at things, categories in general, in my world, the food world. Um, you have a lot of global um, brands. But a global brand sometimes might represent themselves differently in Germany or in Europe than they do here in the home market. Um, one of my examples is always that, and I called it the sim similarity trap. You think it is the same, but when you go beneath the surface, you find out there is a difference. A cream cheese in Germany, you maybe really just use on your, on your butterbrot, on your bread, and you spread it on there. Um, here it is used to make a cheesecake and maybe to put on a cracker. Um, and you position your products differently. And to have this understanding, certainly, um, you, you need to learn it. You, you can fast track it if you find other people who live through that. Uh, one of the things I'm interested in, obviously, being an American, so uh, you both speak great English. Speak great English. <laughs> and I know that's part of doing business. And you, when and how did you learn English? Germans certainly learn English at school. Early. Early, correct. I've always been in export, so I was confronted also with, with speaking English. Um, and, well, I mean, it's you, you learn maybe the American way of speaking here. Um, but I guess I haven't lost my accent yet, have I? <laughs> uh, I can tell, as we say in the South, you ain't from around here. But uh, I'm not even <laughs> from Southern Germany. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, in, in the States, we, we dabble a little bit in learning a second language in high school or something, but it's, it's, I've always been fascinated that I've, I've traveled a lot internationally and, and so many other cultures are so much more advanced in teaching, uh, you know, other languages. It's, it's kind of an embarrassment here, to be honest with you. I don't think it is an embarrassment. I think, um, when I came over, I also thought like, why do Americans don't know other languages? Why are they not traveling, um, a lot more to Europe. Um, it's a it's a big country here. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful country, and if people travel, they have a lot of choices here within the U.S. Um, and one of my learning curves certainly was also people don't travel that much to Europe because they don't have the chance to. Um, vacation days are a lot less than Europeans often have. Um, so if you just have a week of family vacation you don't pack a big suitcase and travel to london right you jump in the car and head to the beach here or something Correct. like that right um matthias what are some of the for lack of a better term i guess headaches 
that your chamber members might not anticipate with the, the cultural differences and trying to integrate um, their businesses here, especially from the entrepreneurial level. So the more established ones, obviously, the Mercedes Benzes, you know, that's taken care of. But, mm-hmm. but say the startups, what are some of the, some of the things that you really have to try to help with from the chamber perspective? Well, I mean, it, it, it's is what Lars has mentioned. You know, a lot yeah. of German companies uh, set foot into the U.S. and think that they know the market already, but actually they do not. You know, so um, there's there's headache is of course different regulations. You, you need a good lawyer. You know, if if you want to send your expats over here, you know, immigration is a topic. You know, you have a you have to have a good immigration lawyer, a good CPA firm taking care of you. You know, those are the the super basics, but then it's intercultural understanding, intercultural different differences. Of course, what Lars has mentioned, you know, there's 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 pretty much similarities between Germans and Americans. But again, you shouldn't underestimate that. And then, of course, recently headaches. You know, you have uh, you have workforce. You know, workforce is is probably the topic that German companies setting foot in the United States, but also established companies here in, from Germany, are are struggling on the same level as American companies do, of course, you know, supply chains is another issue. And of course, you know, the skyrocketing inflation right now, which is, these are all problems that affect everybody. Um, how many of your businesses are German owned operated, but launched here versus what comes from Germany and sets up shop here? Like for like Mercedes Benz versus what he's doing. Um, so on the mem- member base, it's 50-50, almost okay. 50-50. Really? Okay. Yeah. So 50% have our German subsidiaries here, you know, so, but you see that the problems are a lot of times the same. If you're a German company company or not, or an American or any kind of multinational company, because a lot of German companies do not really identify as German companies uh, anymore, but they say like, hey, we are multinationals here, you know, they have, they don't necessarily have a German CEO anymore. You know, it could be from any, any kind of country or a nation, but the problems remain the same here in the market, you know, and, and, you know, like, as I mentioned, workforce is a big problem. And I think the chamber has certain products or certain services that we provide, which really offer solutions. You know, like if you look, for instance, at our apprenticeship system in Germany, you know, that's a century old model, <coughs> which is working really fine in Germany. Whereas here in the United States, we see that, you know, there are apprenticeship uh, programs here. You know, are they working? Maybe yes, you know, but some of the German companies, they want to draw on the experiences they have in Germany. And that's one of the major focuses of our chamber, you know, to introduce that German apprenticeship system or model here to the United States. Okay, what, what is that model? Uh, like I've heard of interns here where, you know, in college, you get a little college credit to work someplace for a summer. But what what is apprenticeship? It's completely different. Okay. So, so to to put it in simple words, it's earn while you learn. So an apprentice would naturally have a contract with the employer working there already, being more or less three times per week at the company working there, but working towards a real programmed schedule and curriculum. But then two days a week going to a technical college, which we cooperate with. And there they would learn the the theory and the basics of of what the company cannot teach those apprentices. So that is something you're wanting to grow here uh, if you can. Yes. I mean, we're here already present in Georgia, the state of Georgia, fantastic state, fantastic uh, government uh, cooperates very well with us here. You know, like they say, we do not have to invent the system here new since you have that already. You bring it from Germany, you know. So we're sitting, you know, we're we're active here with our apprenticeship systems. 
uh, in cluster models in, in Georgia, but we're also right now expanding to South Carolina with the same model. Lars, do you use apprenticeships? Uh, is that something that you might grow toward, or um, is, that, is that something that would be beneficial of down the road? At this point in time, I don't. Right. I don't think also for the sector that I'm working in, it, it is necessary at this point in time. I think the apprenticeship programs also that are offered also by the chamber are excellent for everything that is technical, uh, where you oh, do need to have a lot of deep skill in technical things. Um, I mean, just a simple example. Um, in the U.S., you could open up your mechanic shop um, without any skills, really. You could, you could open it up and work on, on the Tesla or whatever car uh, that comes into the shop. Right. Um, but I think you feel a lot better if you know that they are certified. And, and that is something that this type of skills initiative also offers. One of the things I wanted to circle back around with you, Lars, is you said you kind of had an opportunity at one point in your career. You could have gone back home, back to Germany, but you decided to stay here. Was that just a personal decision that you, you liked living here, or was it this is where you wanted to, to launch up to good? Um, what, what were the reasons behind deciding to stay in the U.S.? I really started to enjoy the U.S. It took a few years. Um, we're, but we're, we're, we're an acquired taste. <laughs> no, it's very easy. It's very, the U.S. is very likable. Oh, yeah. It's very easy to live here, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after a while, you after four or five years, you still maybe get a little homesick and you have to take a decision. Do I go back or do I stay? For me, that decision was a lot easier. Um, fairly early on, I got to know my now wife. Uh, so we're married now for also 10 years. But um, that certainly was one factor also to stay. Um, when I decided to leave my former employer, she actually came up with the idea and said, why don't we move to Europe? And I said, no, I think I still have a few plans here in the U.S. and opened up my business. And I think that was the right decision. I really enjoy the, the working environment here in the U.S. Well, and on top of that, you serve on the board. So, like, tell me what, what you expect from the board, Matthias, and, and Lars, what, what you provide as a board member. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. what, what do no, you what do you expect from your board I, members? I, I have a fantastic board, honestly. You know, like you kind of first of all, I have to see what kind of board do you want and what kind of board do you deserve. And I think the team here that I have is doing a marvelous job. That's why it's pretty easy to get good board members on board. You know, so from all the automotive sector, we have board members, but from all different all kinds of different sectors as well. So what do I want from them is basically, you know, like the, the business support. So we are a chamber, we're serving our members, you know. If we are not, you know, we have to have an ear on the street, an ear on the market, you know. So I'm I'm talking, I don't know, daily with two or three board members, get their industry knowledge, what, you know, what are the headaches that they're having? What are the obstacles? How can we then transform that into services or benefits for our network, right? So that's kind of, it, it's a lot of consulting. And of course, you know, you have to have the oversight. So Lars is, is serving on our finance committee as well, you know, so so it, it's just good to have a good governance structure as well, right? You good with numbers, Lars? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm terrible actually with it. That's why I'm on the finance committee. Um, what What do I want to maybe from as a board member from the chamber? And this is certainly also for me. It was why am I even active in something like that? Um, and and a, when you come over to a new country and live here, I think you become even more German. 
and uh, you like to stay connected with that community and you like to see that culture also thrive. So one good reason for me is always to be on the board to help other German companies who come here um, and certainly also kick Matthias in the butt <laughs> once in a while when we see chances, right? And, and that uh, support, the kick, uh, hopefully is also appreciated. Um, do do the you end up doing a lot of business with fellow members of the chamber here, uh, or is it just a community? Let's support each other. But do you actually do business with each other? There is a lot of yeah um, cross intersections there. Yes, um, I mean members come from any industry, and um, the logistic companies they work with. The importing companies, like I did, my uh, sea freight forwarders were German companies. Um, part of my customers here were uh, were German uh, based, or originally uh, German, like the Aldi and the Trader Joe's that are German owned. Uh, these were the first retail customers, also that I had. Let Let me chime in on that as well. So, so yes, the German Chamber, our focus and our the core of the Chamber are, of course, German companies here in the U.S. and incoming companies, right? But on the other hand, German companies come here to do business where? In the U.S., right? So you need American partners as well. So I like to interpret the Chamber also as, you know, like, I want to break that bubble, you know? We're, we do not want to be a closed community of German companies, right? So we really care about American companies here as well because that's, Basically, what German companies are, you know, want to cooperate with or sell to or or source from, you know. So it's very important to to not see that as a bubble, you know. And yes, there's a lot of comp a lot of business and a lot of talks going on between German companies, you know. But but that shouldn't be limited to to German companies. So if we look into membership, you know, as I said, fifty percent are German companies or German subsidiaries here, but fifty percent are not, right? And that's that's important. That's good. You touched on something earlier, and I, I guess maybe this is still just kind of the backlash from COVID, which obviously was a global situation. You talked about supply chain, and now there's inflation. Um, how does the chamber try to get involved in, in alleviating some of those concerns or helping companies work through it? Mm -hmm. It's hard for everybody. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, it's important for us to get an understanding of what's happening in the market, you know. So, so that's again where the board comes into into play, you know. So we have major players from, let's say, if we if we talk about supply chains, we have major players from German, but also from U.S. logistics providers, for instance. You know, we have have uh, high-ranking personnel from UPS, from FedEx on the board, but also Kühne Nagel, a German local player, a big one in, in freight forwarding as well. So, so that's where we as all rounders with the chamber we get our market intel and our information with and then we we kind of spread it to the market through events through our business conference that we that we conduct all over the area that we represent or we are starting now to create roundtable discussions for CEOs from German companies but also we're starting to create now working groups or expert circles if you want you know so that people from the industry can share their insights and help each other Lars, the when did you start up to good? Was it during COVID? Or when when did this start? The the idea yeah. started before COVID. Okay, and right when COVID started, I was thinking about launching, and I surely did not. It would not have been the right time to launch a new brand. 
Um, so I developed a little further and um, re-strategized. Uh, I did my first launch. I call it a test launch, actually, on the West Coast in, in Los Angeles. Did that for about half a year. And recently, really just three months ago, three, four months ago, um, did the full launch here in the South, in Atlanta, as a local brand. So I'm manufacturing my products here also in Atlanta um, and market the products also in the South region, which is mainly Atlanta, but also Nashville, Charlotte, Charleston, Savannah. And what? where can people find it, buy it? Specific stores and chains and things like that? Or where, where is it available? I'm, I'm targeting the natural food stores, the independent grocers. Um, but also for um, now four weeks, I am in Whole Foods in the oh, South. Wow. So that is great. Um, certainly uh, the first big retailer um, that I have the chance to work with. And what is the origin of the name, Up to Good? Exactly what it says. We're all about goodness, spreading goodness. Uh, and that starts from, um, we just spoke about the supply chain, um, all the way from the planet helping uh, upcycling a, an, an ingredient, the coffee fruit. Typically, uh, the coffee fruit is discarded in coffee farming. I pick it up. I make, in some way, you could say, out of waste beverage. I help farmers to save water, and I pay for that upcycled ingredient so they have additional income. And for you, I'll produce a indulging beverage. That Matthias is enjoying tremendously because while you've been talking, he's been he's been finishing off. Oh my god, jewelry. he needs a second can. Get it? <laughs> uh, so was it was it tasty? It was. It was. <laughs> you put it away. Um, one of the things I want to, as as we kind of wrap up here, I want to make sure that that uh, Matthias, you you talk about any upcoming events that you want to mention that is coming up in the chamber, and then um, I'm going to ask you guys <laughs> one final question. But um, what what do you want to make sure that we get promoted here on uh, GACC South Unplugged? Yeah. So honestly, talking about events, I, I thought we're promoting up to good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we keep let's keep doing it. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> well, we're we're still looking for that sponsorship of up to good drinks for our events, basically. So, <laughs> you, you got it. Yeah. So <laughs> wow, we're conducting business right, right here. Exactly, yeah, in the this, stunt this yep. is how it works. <laughs> good. No, no. Honestly, you know, like it's budgeting season, so I, I'm getting together all the KPIs that we need, you know, for Berlin, and and I, I saw that we're we're going to conduct 130. Three events in 2023. That's a, a massive step for the chamber, you know, like all over the region. So I, I really have a cheat sheet here to look up what's coming up next year. You know, so so honestly, I think a, a very big one is our annual gala. You know, coming up in in October, end of October, here in Atlanta, locally at the St. Regis Hotel. Fantastic event. Really, really key players of all industries are there. Um, you know, like celebrities fr from the Atlanta and Georgia area, but but you know, like. From from local government to to federal government, you know, a, a lot of people will be there. Three hundred, four hundred pe people, and we're theming this this year to Casino Royale. So we we give it a little spin that is a little bit more entertaining. You know, sometimes we Germans we're we're you know not entertaining enough, so we're trying to change that. You know, so we'll have like roulette tables and crap tables, and you know, like like kind of gambling a little bit there. You know, in a, in a soft way. So the annual gala is is absolutely a highlight of our event series. But then you know, like we we have the German apprenticeship conference coming up in in, in November, and we talked about apprenticeships. You know, right. so it's not just us here in the south doing that, but it's also our colleagues from our sister chambers in Chicago and in New York doing that. So we are all gathering with important stakeholders from the German education system here. 
also. So that's a big one. I think that this is something that that people that are interested in in, in workforce, and I think everybody is right now, right, should absolutely uh, attend and see what the German apprenticeship system can do here in the U.S. And then there's there's just like okay, we have a lot of Stammtische tomorrow. I'm 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 going to one of our key events in South Carolina and Columbia, our Gateway Awards, which we have in both. Carolina, so the so next one is coming up tomorrow, basically, um, and the other one is next week in Charlotte, so I don't know when we're going to broadcast that podcast here, maybe that's already gone, but you know, still... So want to want to get it out, and then there's a, a lot of uh, delegations and business trips are that are coming up. Apart from our Stammtische, you know, the regular tables that we do for easy networking. So you mentioned Stammtisch several yes. times now. Is that about drinking beer? That's absolutely about drinking beer and about drinking up to good energy. Right? That is excellent. So Roger, you know, Germans also can have human have fun. So <laughs> join the German chamber also if you want to have a good beer. <laughs> I, I think that there's really so many events. You know, I, I just advise everybody to go to our website, you know, gacsouth.com, event section, and, you know, like we have a, 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 a well-organized event calendar there. Well, I see him laughing and smiling all the time. Was I coming off? I didn't think you were as were funny or humorous. Or I, I don't know what yeah. he put in my up-to-good energy drink here. You, know? you guys are laughing and smiling. And for those of you who are listening, go to, go to our social media because there's pictures of behind the scenes as we do the podcast. Tell me what it is you guys are sitting in again. It's called Strandkorb. I, I don't know. I, I would say it's a cabana. It's a really traditional thing in Germany. If you go to the Baltic Sea or the North Sea in Germany, yes, we do have uh, you know water over there, and we also have islands. A lot of people don't believe that, actually. So, so traditionally, Germans go there, and you have that kind of big cabana. It suits two to three people. You know, you have like that food rest that you can pull out and stuff, you know. So it's pretty it's pretty comfortable. It shelters you from the sun, but it also shelters you from the wind, you know. And, and you know, it's it's big fun. You can store some stuff in there. And it's kind of like, you know, a cabana or something like this, just to chill out during the day at the beach. And, and you can, it's got a footstool and you can recline. And I, I had never seen one before unless maybe it was just in a movie or something. You can convert it to a little love shack too. <laughs> so, so, so getting getting back to to the discussion about our gala, you know, right? You know, the, we're, I knew we're there, tying so. this in, right? Yeah, so why are, why are you sitting in this thing? Well, well. <laughs> so honestly, you know, if you come to the gala, you have the chance to to get one of those. You know, we're we're organizing a silent auction raffles over there, and one of those things is you know, and those those things they they used to be traditional, but you know, like German companies are going with the with the technology. So the one that is available over there at the gala will have photovoltaics on the roof, you know, and it will have USB charging ports as well so oh yeah. <laughs> wow with the, with the technology um okay and it's available in the american market now you know it's they're coming can can you spell it for me because i don't i didn't understand it's the word s-t-r-a-n-d and then it's k-o-r-b one word of course german words are long <laughs> okay and pronounce it one more time for strandkorb strandkorb yeah, sounds kind, good. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Close. Um, I, I don't know enough German. Um, Lars, and how can people how can people find up to good? You mentioned Whole Foods here in the Atlanta area. Do you have a website or social media? How do you want people I to connect with you? I do have a website, it? absolutely. It's okay. uptogoodenergy.com on social media, also Instagram, Facebook, Up to Good Energy. Okay, final thoughts from either one of you? Well, that was fun. It was a good first podcast, right? Absolutely. I loved it. I mean, you know, 
I don't know what, what our next guest will bring you to the table, but the energy drink was absolutely good. I liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, well, thank you so much. We do appreciate you being here. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Uh, you've been listening to GACC South Unplugged, a transatlantic talk with CEO Matthias Hoffman, and our guest has been Lars Oltmans with Up to Good Energy Drink. We certainly appreciate you both being here. Thank you. The pop of happy. Thank you. The pop of happy. Correct.